You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Arizona State Sun Devil fans, we got a lot to talk to you guys about today. We got to talk about the linebacking core, specifically how it looked in 2021, how it's going to look in 2022. And then, of course, we got to talk some basketball and how the offense seemingly found the key to victory moving forward. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I'm one of your guides, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my co-guide, Connor Drios. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every single day. We're free and available on every platform imaginable. That's Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now YouTube. Very, very excited to finally be launching the YouTube page. Of course, you can always follow us on Twitter as well. Myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at Cedrios, and make sure you follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, Connor, I am contractually obligated, but I am also obligated as your co-guide and your best friend to ask you, how are you doing today? You can always shorten that part and just say like, hey, because I care so much, I'm going to ask about you. And you just, uh, minus the, the dog collar shaking in the background, uh, you could just ask, like, hey, man, how are you doing? Uh, but I just want to point this out for all the listeners not listening to just the audio version of the podcast today. You might have been listening to us the entire football season, part of the basketball season. And if you guys thought, like, is this what they look like? Were they actually this handsome the entire time we just didn't get their face? I know we took that away from you guys, and we're so sorry. But now we're here to stay up on YouTube for you guys. So yeah, I'm doing here great. to stay. Here to stay. We're, we're still going to be audio form, but we got video form for you guys now. You get to see our beautiful faces. You can see our facial expressions when we're really angry talking about the team or when we're really excited talking about the team. Hopefully, it's the former. Can't hide the tears the latter. Hopefully, it's the latter, not the former. Ugh. Yeah. So, Connor, without, without further ado, I say we just dive right into this podcast. And the meat and potatoes we got to talk about here is the linebacking core. So, this was a solid strength for the Arizona State Sun Devils in 2021. You had your three key starters. You had Kyle Sully, you had Merlin Robertson, and you had our boy Darian Butler. And they were all absolute studs. They really complemented each other very well, I believe. And overall, I think that you got quite a bit out of that linebacking core. But unfortunately, that's all gone. You're basically start starting from scratch here. And while you did get a taste of some of the guys that are coming up, there is a lot of unknown factor heading into 22 or 2022. But focusing on 2021 first, Connor, let's talk about these guys. Like I, I would tell you they perhaps exceeded expectations because I think a guy like Darian Butler was well known for the most part, but he he exploded onto the scene this year to the point where there was a there was a there was a uh, like a, a section of the season where we were talking about him as a Buckus award runner up and unfortunately he cooled off but there was that point in time where he was just 
dominant. So you had said that it was a, a solid strength of this team. I would have argued that as far as starters go, this was probably the strength of the team. Um, the, the linebacking core, obviously, it was captained by Darian Butler. If he didn't kind of have that star power throughout the season, I, I definitely could uh, kind of be talked backwards there. But what went well for this team, you had solid production all around. Obviously, it started off with Darian Butler, who had, uh, what did he have? He at least had, I, I think, a pick on uh, the opening game, Richie. Uh, but he had two sacks, which uh, led your linebackers out of Sully and Robertson. Uh, had three pass defense, three overall uh, interceptions as well. Had 68 total tackles. So the tackle started off kind of hot, and I think that's where he started to slow down a little bit. But the biggest thing about Butler, in my opinion, was he was just all over the field, whether he was uh, the only individual making the tackle or wrapping up a tackle as well. It just felt like he was always involved on the plate, no matter what. Um, obviously, if the ball wasn't necessarily going his direction or was deep in the secondary, that's a different topic. But dude was the core of your defense. Uh, and then when you have other quality pieces backing him up, it really made for a solid linebacking core that you're really going to miss. Um, so Kyle Soley has been a mainstay in this defense. Richie, I know he wasn't necessarily your, your favorite Sun Devil um, for one reason or another throughout his tenure as a Sun Devil, but Kyle Soley was still solid, had 82 total tackles, uh, one sack, two pass defense, an INT. Uh, again, very quality. You didn't hear his name as much just because he wasn't Jack Jones or Darian Butler or Tyler Johnson. He might not have been one of the stars of the defense, but he was a, a contributor nonetheless. Uh, and maybe didn't get the full credit that he deserved. Uh, and then obviously running that out there with Merlin Robertson, uh, a guy just like Eric Gentry who made uh, uh, was essentially like all-freshman, all-American for the Pac-12. Uh, so essentially he's taking that same path, but Robertson still played very well, uh, having 64 total tackles, uh, a pass defense, and three interceptions as well. What might be unfair is saying that Merlin Robertson, it definitely wasn't the highlight of his season, but Richie, you remember the the game against BYU where he had I don't know if he had a, an interception or if it was just like a fumble recovery. The, he the was going to take that to the house. He was the turnover part the is, house. is slipping my mind. But uh, essentially, uh, Merlin Robertson had that turnover and he's running it down like the right sideline. He's going. He, he's not the fastest dude per se. And I'm blanking then, on the running back. The Tyler running back Algier with Algier the steel does chair. Boom. He does this superhero move where he straight up like puts his hand on uh, on Robertson's like left shoulder and is like in air out of bounds at this point and peanut punches that ball out from uh, from Robertson. It was we were watching that game over at, uh, at at my place and I remember standing up when we got the the turnover and I was like yes and then within a matter of like five seconds I just crumbled to the floor because that ball popped right back out and BYU recovered so which would have been huge for them at the time but oh, it was either way wrenching. You don't want to take that away from Robertson's great season, but unfortunately, that is probably the most memorable play of the year for him. Oh, no, it definitely is. And I mean, it, it was still a great play. If my memory serves, it was his only interception of the season. But he's got yeah, three. Algier, he had three. He had three? Robertson had um, three. Yeah, he did have three. Holy cow. How about that? So, anyways, it, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's just the play that stands out for it. Maybe for his career, Connor, because it was just one of those plays where just freaky thing happened and play of the play of the century for Tyler Algier and BYU, but it didn't work out for us. But yeah, those three linebackers were absolutely phenomenal. And it's one of the best linebacking cores Arizona State has put out in a long, long time. Plus, I mean, those guys grew in the program together. They were all seniors together. So we had them for 
four years and like Merlin Robertson was on the field early and Sully was a good role player and Darian Butler really came on towards the end of his career. So when I said a solid strength of the defense, I think I shorted them. I, I would agree with you now that we've talked about it more, that that probably was the strength of the team. And it was more than just those guys at the top too. You got, you had like Eric Gentry really started to come into his own as the year ended. He was a PAC 12 all freshman. You also had Connor Sully who in a little bit of time he was on there. I believe he was better than his brother, but that that's five guys. You had five quality linebackers on that team and in a defense that's primarily a four, three with like a rush linebacker. And you, you just across the board, you had great linebackers who all had strengths to their respective games and it turned into wins. It turned into arguably top three defense in the Pac-12. I feel like that's fit. That's safe to say. I mean, they all did a little bit of something for your team and they all, all three of them could have an NFL future. Some of them better chance than others, but like the worst of the three, maybe Kyle Sully, depending on where you stand, he at a minimum will get a tryout. Butler will compete for a draft pick. Even Merlin Robinson, I think, will compete for a draft pick. So I think all three of these guys are going to find themselves in the NFL, and they definitely showed out while they were in Tempe. It's so hard to find a negative. Like, if you listen to Rich and I for, for any amount of time, we're, we're definitely not the Homer kind of fan. Like, we, we talk a lot of negatives about ASU and talk about the positives when we can, but ASU, their linebackers, they, they were a stud trio. And, and trying to find the weakness, it might have been the fact that, uh, I, I don't know, that Darian Butler seriously just stood out so much more than the rest. Um, I guess we can call that a bit of a negative. But again, like we don't want to want to take away the quality of play that both Robertson um, and Soli had put out on the field. You just, at times, when Darian Butler was seriously shining, you just didn't see it nearly as much from some of the other linebackers. Uh, not necessarily a 2022 downward uh, statistic, but... Uh, Merlin Robertson, I, I don't think quite lived up to the hype that he had as a freshman. Still a, a great player uh, for ASU, but maybe didn't quite fulfill the promise that he had um, playing in, in his time here. But seriously, like as as far as all the positions go, I think that's the one where we can kind of look back and say there weren't really a lot of drawbacks. Um, overall, health-wise, they were pretty good. Some players missed some time here and there. Uh, I know Butler uh, and Sully had missed a little bit. Um, but overall, I mean, very healthy group, had a lot of production. Um, and obviously having a, a star such as Darian Butler at the top, um, it, it's going to be so, so difficult. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. So difficult to find the replacements. So uh, great trio and something that we're, we're definitely gonna be able to remember for this defense for a long time. Yeah. Like, like I mentioned, and like you just emphasized, this is one of the best linebacking cores that Arizona state has put together in quite some time. I think it could date back almost, almost 10 years ago to the days of, uh, Vontez perfect and perfect. Brandon McGee. And I mean, both guys who just epitomized what it meant to play as a Sun Devil. Perfect definitely kind of fell off the deep end when he got to the pros. But in college, he, fun fact, Connor, I don't know if you remember this, but he is the top rated recruit that Arizona State has ever landed. He was a five star kid. But Brandon McGee should forever be a fan favorite if for no other reason than he hates U of A with every inch of his being. Hey, that's yeah. me too. Yeah, dude, uh, real, real quick. I, I know I've told you this story plenty of times, but in case our listeners don't know, there was some kind of interview that Brandon McGee had, and I don't remember the context or how it got brought up, but he basically said, like, 
if my kid ever went to yeah. U of A, I would stop talking to them. It, it was something along those lines. Don't quote me word for word because I don't have it in front of me. But it was something along the lines of like, my kids will be born and raised to hate the red and blue. And I am all about it because I'm going to be the exact same way. That's what it's I'm not about. That and that's not that's that what the Locked on Sun Devils is about. So with that being said, uh, we have a quick we have a quick word from one of our sponsors here. And then when we return, we will be talking about the outlook for the linebacking core for 2022. Yes, yeah, so we got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Um, if you've been listening to Sun Devils podcast for any amount of time, you know Built Bar is one of our favorite uh, partners that we talk about over here at Locked On. Uh, so essentially, it's the new year. So that means it's time for New Year's resolutions, right? So if you're all about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include uh, Built Bar in your plans. I, I know it's really difficult for some people to find that true protein bar that they uh, they they need in their their daily diet. Some of them specifically are either just chock full of sugar or don't even taste very good. But Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but maybe even better than a candy bar. You make it easier to stick to your resolutions, which is so important because by like what? February, half the people who have made these resolutions kind of fall off the deep end, but a lot of those people didn't have Built Bar in their plans. It tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it unlike any other protein bars, which can be a little bit chalky or waxy or even a bit like a chemical spill. You'll want to eat healthy, even though sometimes it can get so boring. That's why you're going to put in a Built Bar specifically in your diet. Uh, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, most of their built bars contain, or sorry, like their calories are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea. For the new year, go to your secret, uh, secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever you specifically keep these treats. Throw out all the sugary calorie-filled treats and replace them with built bars. So whenever you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. So here's the deal. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. So let's go ahead and talk 2022, Connor. So I think it starts with those young guys that we got coming in. So we, we briefly had talked about Eric Gentry and and Connor Soley as the two guys to look at. And let's start the conversation right there. So Eric Gentry was an absolute stud coming off the bench and being like that sub linebacker for the team when they needed to get one of their main three guys off the field for a minute. And he flashed and his flashes looked brilliant. I think that Arizona State could have something special with this kid, but they do need to see him take that jump from, from year one to year two. Because we've seen plenty of times like these linebackers who just look so great as freshmen. And then unfortunately, it just feels like they peak and they kind of plateau. And it's not a bad thing because you've had very quality linebackers over the years. And they don't necessarily need to go to that first round draft status. We're not expecting that out of Gentry. If he gets there, then great. I'm here for it. But we do want to see him take that step from great sub sub package linebacker to great starting linebacker. And I think that's a good place to start, Connor, is talking about Eric Gentry. Yeah, so talking about uh, seeing him elevate his play in a, a second year, that's just sample size, right? With any position, not even linebacker specific, let's take Rashad White as an example, a guy who exploded in four games for us last season. We could have talked about him coming into this year as being the guy on the offense, which, to be honest, I think we still expected a little bit more to chip train him and, and Rashad White being kind of the, the 1B to his 1A. 
but that wasn't necessarily the case. Regardless of Chip Trainum's injury, Rashad White was the offense, right? And I think we can expect a little bit out of Gentry. If you go look at his overall numbers, it doesn't look like he just excelled this year. But as a freshman All-American playing in that part-time role, you, you had to watch the tape versus just looking at the numbers. Um, Gentry has uh, essentially a path right now to a starting position. What I'm looking for at a Gentry, it, it goes beyond the play on his field. Uh, if you listen to yesterday's edition of the Lockdown Sentinels podcast, we talked specifically about the defensive line. Uh, Jermaine Lole is going to be one of the leaders in the locker room, right? I expect Gentry, even as a sophomore, to be one of those leaders. I, I think he needs to be able to voice up his opinion being one of the captains of the defense, uh, right? Or even being the, the quarterback of the defense, to kind of use that term as a linebacker. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to be so important for not to him just to repeat his play, but to know the playbook inside and out and be the guy who can be able to, uh, to essentially call audibles when necessary and put guys in the right position for them to succeed. That's a lot for him to take on, uh, especially considering he's not going to have a Darian Butler next to him or a Merlin Robertson or Kyle Soley. He's going to have a Connor Soley. Now, listen, we like a Connor Soley, but that's still another young guy. And that doesn't even mention the, uh, the third linebacker that we kind of have to fill in that spot. We really think, and there's still a lot of time for things to change. We could have players enter the transfer portal. Uh, Richie, we talked about a, a not so funny story. Like, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago, maybe Gentry had tweeted out something like, uh, oh uh, something my gosh. That, that left the yeah, fan base. He like, said like nine out and everyone was like, what's going on? And he was like, guys, 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 relax. He pulled the Aaron Rodgers. He was like, relax. I'm not going anywhere. So yeah, yeah it, he, he had tweeted exactly. out. He said nine out. So there yeah. is time knock on wood in, in a, a good sense. Players can enter the transfer portal, right? We, we don't expect Eric Gentry to go anywhere. We don't expect uh, Connor Sully to go anywhere as well. Uh, but at this point, we basically have a, a couple other guys on the roster that played uh, very small roles, um, such as like a, a Jacob Jordanall, uh, Caleb McLaughlin, and Will Schaefer. Uh, guys that we don't know if they'll necessarily fill in that third linebacker role. Or a, a Rodney Gross, who was a transfer from uh, Richie, help me out. It was uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, State, correct? Mississippi okay, State, so, that's correct. So we're still looking for a third linebacker. It could be gross. And if we had to put money on it right now, I think that's where we would uh, essentially be going. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. We need we need depth for sure. We also need bodies and quality. Uh, I would I would expect uh, ASU to bring in one more player to maybe uh, come in and at least compete with gross. I, I don't think he's going to be given the job for sure. Obviously, he's got to come in, learn the defense uh, and everything over the next year or so leading up to uh, Arizona State's first game. But um it, it's almost uh, similar to, I, I think we talked about this with the, the running back position. Uh, finding a way to improve the linebacker play is going to be very, very difficult. It's not so much about trying to, to necessarily improve the position. Um, they, I, obviously, they can be better. It's not like they were the best linebackers in the entire nation. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with the Sun Devils if they can find a way to repeat their production on defense as well. Um, so to me, that, that essentially kind of comes from, uh, from Gentry down. How good can he be and how good can he make other players around him? Right. Um, so we, we don't need just essentially bodies to fill the role. We need players who are, are going to be quality as well. Yeah, 100 percent. So uh, I, I want to go back to something that you talked about towards the beginning, and that's Gentry becoming the quarterback of the defense and being able to place guys around the field. Now, that definitely is something we want to see. And I, I know you weren't saying this at all because you prefaced it saying otherwise, but that would be a huge jump from like a like a sub package role like coming yep. in to replace guys to immediately becoming the captain of the defense. That's something we would hope to see junior year, if not senior year. So that'll take time. And like you said, part of part of the reason why he's not going to go from that stage to 
to the next level, like a high level too, is because he doesn't have that veteran next to him. Essentially, Gentry is the veteran there. So, and I mean, o- over the whole defense, Connor, like we've talked about the secondary is gone. You're, you're losing Tyler Johnson. You lost all three of your starting linebackers. Like you got uh, Christian Lole coming back and the rest is kind of up in the air. Like it's going to be a very, very young defense. So a lot of that is going to lead to miscues and just, er, I expect early in the season, this team is not going to look great, but I think that they have a chance to gel. And I think that Gentry could be that guy to kind of get everything together and get everything settled in. I do expect Connor Soley to also take a step forward. I think he looked good in the flashes when he was on the field. The the guy that I'm most interested in is transfer Rodney Gross. He was not able to get on the field this year for the Bulldogs before opting to hit the transfer portal to a opportunity at Arizona State where he could easily walk in and be a starter for the team. And he's more of your traditional linebacker build. He's at least 6'1". I want to say he's 6'3 and 245 pounds. So he's he's that classic bulky middle linebacker kind of guy who's like a tone setter on the defense. And it's going to be tough because we didn't get to see him at all as a freshman, but we will have that opportunity to see him for at least the next two years, if not three or even four, depending on if he was able to get the red shirt for his transfer status. But I think that Gross could be a very exciting addition to this defense if for no other reason than he's just young and talented. And Connor, how poetic would it be to go from losing three senior linebackers to having three sophomore linebackers play together? And like it just from like literally like each of them passing passing the torch from one down to the other. Darian Butler gives it to Eric Gentry. Merlin Robertson gives it to uh Rodney Gross and Kyle gives it to Connor Sully. Like it just it, it's it's poetry, right? And poetry tends to repeat itself over and over again, just like history. And it just it feels like that would be like such a fitting way to go from a linebacking core that really established itself at Arizona State. And again, it's one of the better linebacking cores that I've gotten to see. And I think there's that potential for these guys to step into those shoes, but we need to understand. And I know you do. And I know I do. And I want to make sure that the listeners know we cannot expect this linebacking core to come out and be elite from day one. They are going to have growing pains and that's okay. The bright side here, a ton of upside, Connor, like seriously, like Gentry's upside through the roof. I think Soli's upside is also pretty high and then we'll see with gross. So I'm not sure what his recruiting ranking was knowing he was a Mississippi state guy. I'd be willing to wager that he was a four-star, but he was a a three-star. He was, he was a three-star. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, either way, like he recruited by an sec team. So clearly this, this kid has some kind of talent. They don't really just go around plucking me and you out of. Hey, I could have a star if I wanted to have a star. Press X to doubt. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I think that kind of touches on the linebacking core pretty well. So there was a handful of names that you mentioned as well who are already with Arizona State and could have a grasp on the playbook more than Gross or maybe even Sully or Gentry. Nothing is given to these guys. But yep, I would tell you, honest. yeah, exactly, especially with how young and unproven this linebacking core is going to be. Everything has to be earned, just like you said. So yep. 
that's going to be the biggest thing going into this year is these guys have a lot to prove. They should not take anything for granted. So with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at our other sponsored NetSuite. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and talk about the basketball team and the offensive uptick that we saw on Monday and why that's going to be the key to success. But first, a word from NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, it's yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to update to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer to the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com locked. All right, Connor. Let's talk some basketball. We did plenty of football talk. We talked about those linebackers, how well they did last year, how we expect them to play this year. But we got to talk some basketball, too. And thankfully, we have good things to talk about for one of the few times this year. This is only the sixth win that the Sun Devils have had. But overall, it seemed like their most complete victory, at least against a quality team. You could probably argue Oregon was their best game. But I would tell you that this Utah game, was right up there. Really, the only thing they were missing, Connor, was those free throws. Like, you you connect on at least 50% of those, and like we said, you end up winning by uh, five points instead of two. But overall, the offense really came into its own. You saw four guys hit double-digit points, in, in, excuse me, and two guys coming off the bench with Marion Jackson playing 29 minutes off the bench. But, I mean, he finally was effective this year. He went four of 10, two of six on three points. So he was actually making a difference. And I don't know if it's because he was on the bench and in a quote unquote limited role, or if it was just a new mentality for him, but whatever it was, it really jumpstarted his production. Kamani Lawrence, again, was a very, very important piece of the offense. Went nine of 14, no three, throw, three point attempts, but that's okay because he is consistently hitting his shots. My guy, DJ Horn, our guy, DJ Horn, I should say. Hey, you can't just claim him, man. That's not how that works. <laughs> Locked on Sun Devils, number one fan of DJ Horn. Went 5 of 11, including 50% on his three-point shooting. And then Jalen Graham, who has been like an underrated star for the Sun Devils as of late, also notched 12 points. So, Connor, you had, you had what what's that add up to? 30, 40, is that 53 points? Don't hurt yourself. 50, 53 points. You had 53 of your 64 points come from, wait, no, that's not right. While you do that math, I, I will just say one thing. I'm going to back this up. Did you call Utah a quality opponent? Um, I mean. They're, they're eight and 10 on the so, year, one well, and seven in the division. Let, so if you look let, at the. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before you rip me to shreds. What, what I meant when I said that is they are like a. You can't take it back. Team. 
It's like they're a Pac-12 team. That's what I'm getting at. It's not like they're, they're a top 12 team in the, the conference. Correct. You're darn right they are. <laughs> and apparently ASU is better than them. So, but no, uh, no, um, my math was right. They put together um, 55. Wait. 53. <laughs> 53. Final answer. They put up 53 of the team's 64 points because you had nine points out of Jay Heath. And then you had two more points out of uh, Bocce. So there you go. My math isn't that bad. That's that Arizona State education, baby. Um, so you quality opponent or not, um, the, the the biggest key was Marion Jackson, right? Yes. Like there's going to be days where DJ Horn's playing his best and Kamani Lawrence is playing his best. And you're still going to get blown out by double-digit points because the rest of your team's not backing them up. So when you have depth play well – and we're not talking about Marion Jackson just stealing the show and being a dominant force in this game. He scored 10 points. That's good, especially off the bench. But the biggest thing was him being able to hit his threes, right? So outside of a, a couple of your players, really your, your biggest three-point shooters are Jay Heath and DJ Horn, uh, shooting essentially at about 40 to 42%, respectively, I think, for, for both of them. Uh, there's really nobody else that can do that. It's not that has to be the offensive identity of this team. You just have to have some other players that can be efficient when they do take those shots. Um, so for Marion Jackson to go two from six from from uh, from deep was huge for him. Uh, I, I think he's got a shooter's mentality, and a shooter's mentality without a great shot that is not a good combination. So uh, if you can get more from Marion Jackson off the bench, um, I would prefer him there versus his starting role. If he's going to continue continue to could uh, wow continue to contribute in that same manner, ASU's got something here. It's not like they're going to catch this this lightning in a bottle per se. It just might help them be a little bit more competitive. Richie, I, I think us and the listeners can probably tell what the, the ceiling of this team is. And if not, like our expectations are, are hopefully like around 500, right? Um, it's not necessarily for the Pac-12 title. It's just that that ship has seemed to sail uh, for one reason or another. What? I don't think we can. I don't think we can fully blame that that they're just missing their best player. Um, but but even then, like. What they tried to do this offseason, getting a lot of new faces on this team. Some of it's worked out in the, the way of DJ Horn. Others, it is not. So if they can at least continue to compound their successes instead of their mistakes, I think that can lead to more quality uh, victories. As we had talked about in yesterday's podcast, they do get Stanford coming up next, uh, who is a quality opponent in the, the Pac-12. Um, so if I, I just want them to be competitive, right? We, we talked uh, about moral victories. Moral victories are honestly, they're for losers. They're for Ugh, people who don't I win games. Hate moral victories. Hate them. They're, speaking of which, we need some moral victories for the Sun Devils because when they're not playing well, they're getting blown out of games. We need to find some sort of positives and things to build upon. So, um, Participation trophy. You showed up. We did show up, just like the Cardinals did yesterday. Uh, oh, or sorry, I, I should say on uh, on Monday. Um, sorry, but <laughs> um, My team didn't but, make the playoffs, so. Well, hopefully ASU still has something to play for since their season is not over yet. But um, ASU's defense has continued to be a, a, a very positive thing for this team. Um, regardless of who's in the lineup, they, they seem to get that in spades, it feels like, at times. Uh, but they, they can't let other teams go on massive runs, right? Which it's going to happen. It, it just It's sport of basketball. It happens to literally everybody. Uh, but it consistently seems to happen to these Sun Devils where they just can't seem to climb out of them. So if they can be more competitive, that's definitely something positive to take away. Ideally, it leads to more wins than win column, but uh, obviously that's not always totally controllable. So we'll see how they improve against Stanford and at least uh, can kind of continue their success that they had against Utah. 
Yep. So, I mean, uh, shocker here. So, water is wet. When the Sun Devils score points, they win games. But here's the thing. So, hear me out. You have a guy like Marion Jackson who wants to shoot the ball consistently. Well, when he's actually figuring it out, it feels like the rest of this offense is really clicking because they have that threat from all over the court. And I mean, not only was he making his shots, but he also was was shooting okay from three, two of six. That's not that's not bad, Connor. That's in fact that's a lot better than what we're used to seeing out of him. So we will take that on every day that ends in Y and twice on Sundays. But having team average having, is probably around like twenty nine percent. So exactly, if exactly. you get more players that are shooting that, that's still better than what you had. Yep. And we we just I, I feel like that's the biggest key to victory. So I I've tried to avoid bashing Marion a lot lately. I've I've done I feel like I've done a really good job of not bringing him up, but let me bring him up right now in a positive way. Marion, when you're hitting your shots, we're winning basketball games. So I think that a consistent Marion Jackson might be the key to this offense because it feels like everyone starts playing better when he's going. And, and, and I mean, there, there's some guys that are consistent no matter what. DJ Horn has proven to be a great shooter, and Kamani Lawrence is just dominant inside the arc. But when Marion gets going, it feels like you open up everything available to you. And, I mean, that's it. That's all she wrote. Suddenly, you have three guys who are consistent scorers. And don't forget, Jalen Graham is really starting to come on hot, too. Every once in a while, if we could find a way to get anything out of Luther Muhammad... I mean, and that's asking a lot because that's that's now me asking for five players to be great, great shooters and point scorers. Plus, we got to have uh, Bocce in there, too, because he's very important to the team and playing right underneath the rim. So you got you got a lot of moving parts. The bright side, we can trust on Horn and we can trust on uh, Kamani. We might be able to build that trust with Mar- Marion. So from here. Just try and have the game slow down for you because clearly something was working against Utah. Just find whatever that was, man, because you keep that going. I think we can get back on the right track and, like you said, head towards that 500 record. So I, I feel like I feel like the bracket might be out of reach at this point, but that's okay. Right now, just focus on winning basketball games. Get back to 500. Find a way to be competitive. We need Live a, a sign in one of our backgrounds that just says like. Uh, it, it counts upwards from uh, days since last Sun Devils loss. And if we get to double digits, <laughs> we'll do something like crazy on the podcast. Because uh, we have, we'll have five days between now and Stanford. And then I, I don't remember when their next game after that is, but I'm pretty sure they get one of the California teams. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can get close to 10 before that game. But uh, a win against Stanford will go a long way. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to love our summer breaks when we have like 150 days from the last Arizona State Sun Devils loss. That sounds no, like that's a, win a moral, for me. That's a moral victory right there. That's a moral victory right there. And we love moral victory so much on this podcast. But I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, we love that you make us your first listen every single day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes, but is not limited to, uh, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now we're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're we're going to try and build that up as quickly as possible. We know that you guys can really help us blow up that page. We're so excited that you guys get to see us on video format. You get to see our facial expressions. You get to see me and Connor's exchanges and all the hand gestures that I do because I'm very active with my hands. I don't know if you guys pick that up 
on the first episode, but we're very, very excited to finally be on video in front of you guys. We're obviously still going to be in audio form, so don't worry if you're not a fan of seeing me and Connor's beautiful and most handsome faces in the world, according to our moms, which is the best source that I could come up with for you guys. That's okay. We're still in audio form. Monday through Friday, it's the best Sun Devils content in the whole world. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, myself at RishiBrads36, Connor at Cedrios, and the Sun Devils page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now go ahead and make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from, and, yeah, and insight from Lee Sterling. Just like the Locked On Sun Devils, it's available and free on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils.